You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome into Big Noon Sports. Appreciate you joining us on uh, a little bit chilly, but a, a sunny Monday afternoon. I hope you had a fantastic weekend and happy Martin Luther King Day to each and all. I know a lot of people are off today. Um, don't try and go by the bank. It's for, I always forget when they're official federal holidays. I go by the bank anyway. But uh, so there, there's a little warning there. But let's all remember the significance of that man and his contributions to our country. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Christian Miller. Unfortunately, we start Monday with just tragic news uh, from two different locations, one Tuscaloosa and one in Athens. And uh, Saturday night, uh, there was a shooting in Tuscaloosa down around the Strip area. And uh, as a result, a beautiful 23-year-old young lady uh, perished from gunfire. Jamia Harris, uh, dead at the age of 23. Uh, Meanwhile, it wasn't too long after that, that the Tuscaloosa Police Department arrested Darius Miles, Alabama basketball player, and Michael Davis uh, for capital murder. I'm sure you've read the story and you've seen the pictures of him outside the Tuscaloosa Police Station. Uh, just just tragic, uh, concerning. First of all, Jamea Harris, and then uh, you got to wonder about what happened, when happened, and um, we'll get into that, I guess, a little bit later. Uh, joining us at 12:15 to talk more basketball than the Darius Miles situation will be Alabama Crimson Tide Sports Network color analyst uh, Brian Passink will be with us. Uh, then I'm reading about that, and then you hear that uh, at Georgia, offensive lineman Devin Willock, who started two games and was going to be an upcoming junior, perished along with the recruiting staffer Chandler Lacroix. Um, they perished in an automobile accident uh, late Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So there you have the unfortunate part of the news over the weekend. Um, I, I will say on the other side, boy, the NFL provided some fireworks, didn't it? Uh, Lars, I want you to just start the show right now, and we will talk about Darius and what happened in Athens. Yeah. But the minute um, Sam Hubbard Hubbard picked up that fumble, actually kind of caught it in, 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 while he was running, and went 98 yards, what happened at Buffalo Wild Wings with the Bengals contingency over there next to the blanket in the corner. Okay, so let me set the scene here. Uh, I have been going to Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, for 10 years and uh, since I moved here uh, from New York. And uh, I, first, you know, I didn't know anybody, and I met uh, our joint friend, Kip Reuter, and um, my bank guy. And, yes, he is your bank guy, and uh, he w- was a Bengals fan. So we just started talking, and and now we have this gr- uh, group of about fifteen of us, twenty, and we range in ages from twenty-one to fifty-five, and uh, we get together every Sunday uh, to watch the Bengals. Last year, a bunch of us went up to Nashville together, and we all have come together and become friends 
and and deep meaningful friendships because of our shared passion for the Bengals. And um, just before that play, I, I I turned to a friend and I, I told her like, ah, we 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 lost. Wow, Laura's giving it up. <laughs> But but she like did such a great job of putting it in perspective. She's like, look at all this, look at all these friends. She's okay, like, you've won, you've won, and I, I could not believe like just how profound that statement was, and I missed it. And it's that that is right there. It distills the essence of the beauty of sports. Right, the ability to bring people of disparate ages and backgrounds together and bond and uh and then bam the play happens and it was this eruption of uh of uh of of joy that um that it's just one of those rare moments i mean you know the the Bengals win probability rate was at like 34 percent at the time and uh, and then it was uh, <laughs> Logan Wilson, the middle linebacker. He he diagnoses the play of Huntley trying to just do uh, what um, uh, Trevor Lawrence did, right? Just uh, stick the ball of the goal line. And and uh, Logan Wilson was so smart. He put both of his hands up, and what it was he was two inches away from uh, crossing the plane and, and scoring the touchdown. And then it goes it just goes right into Sam Hubbard's hands. And the cool thing about Sam Hubbard is he's a Cincinnati kid. He played at Ohio State. He's been hurt. He is a team captain. And for him to take that ninety eight yards on a return, the longest fumble return in uh playoff history, was just pure magic. You know? It like it doesn't get any better as a fan. And in, in in all the years that I covered sports for Sports Illustrated, you know, I in in and you're the same way, Matt. It's like you're in the press box, you're rooting for a good story, right? right. You're not good game. You're, you're not cheering uh, for one team or the other. And uh, it's it's nice now that I'm not practicing daily journalism anymore. Uh, you know, just focusing on books and, and teaching and, and, and obviously our show. And so it's it's fun to be a fan. And gosh, we just we just had a magnificent time. A magnificent time. And it uh again just underscored the, the power of sports, the beauty of sports, and the best aspects of sports. And, and it uh, took a fan sitting there at the bar to say, Hey Lars. Yeah. Let's look at this from around yeah, I mean, and, and it, it, what it, it means to you. It was literally right before the play. She was like, look, look at this, look at this. There's there's 20 of us, and this all started because we all just love this one team, and now we know each other's lives, the details of each other's lives. We care about each other. We 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 text each other. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're very important people to me. Right. And, uh, it was awesome. And then, and then, then the day before took, uh, Lincoln, my seven year old son to his first basketball game at Coleman Coliseum. You took him to an ass thrashing. 
I'm oh, sorry, man. I just said that word. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. <laughs> and and, and but, so I, I had a uh, great sports weekend. And yes, we, you did. we can get into uh, I, I, there was a and and I think it was appropriate. I'm glad you led the show with bringing up those two uh tragedies. And we and we need to discuss those. But also there's you know, there's a lot of sunshine There's out there. There's uh, Trevor Lawrence going to Waffle House to celebrate a victory. How and cool what a victory that, that yeah. was. And uh, how about Joey Bosa? Woo! Way, way to go. Way to keep your temperament. Gee. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, have to, I have to rain on your parade. They did not call blocking on the back on that return, and they should have. Nah, come on. If it had been your team the other way around, would you have called it? No. Really? His arm. All right, let's bring Christian Miller in. Well, for okay, this. yes. His but, uh, arm hit him in do the you back. Know how and he many fell dirty down. plays the Ravens did? It was you unbelievable. Could, you could talk about that all day long. I'm talking about one specific Marcus play. Marcus Peterson where, is a thug. Well, okay, okay, I'm sure there are a lot of Ravens fans <laughs> that are talking about Cincinnati in the same way. The one thing I do like about the Bengals is that you are passionate beyond the orange and black. Yes. But yes, Christian Miller, let's bring you in. Clearly. His arm hit the guy on the right shoulder, and he fell down. And, 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 and I have heard nobody talk about this at all. Have you? No. Christian, have you? By the way, welcome in, and uh, happy Martin Luther King Day to you, and I hope you had a great weekend. Man, it must have been fantastic. Yeah, you left him speechless. He, he, he's, he's without words. <laughs> uh, no, um, yeah. I think you probably could make the argument it was, it was block block in the back, but um, sorry, I'm I'm here, guys. Yeah, it just I think uh, Aiden um, fell asleep back was, there. Can you hear me? It was the look for Bengals fans. That was the probably the right up there the the single best play in franchise history, and again, given the fact that Sam Hubbard was a local kid or is a local kid. Went to Ohio State, team captain. He is just all about hustle, hustle, hustle. Right? He, right. He, he's not the maybe the most gifted guy in the world, um, but uh, he was not going to get caught. And I know Mark. This is a really interesting fact. I read this on Next Gen Stats from ESPN. Mark Andrews, the tight end, who, who was, go, who was running trying, him down, trying to run him down. He reached twenty miles an hour, right? It's the fastest he's ever ran in a football game since he's been in the NFL. That makes it even a bigger crime that he was blocked in the back and it wasn't called. <laughs> you know how I like to needle you. Let's try Christian Miller one more time. Christian joins us from our affiliate in Tuscaloosa at Tide 100.9. Christian, you on the air? You got us? Uh, Copy? I'm, I'm here. We're uh, we're live and uh, <laughs> we're well. Sorry about that. Um, to answer your question on the, the block in the back, I'll be honest, it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, because sometimes they like to call that, and other times they don't. He didn't directly two-hand push him in the back. Mark Andrews kind of gave his back up, and that's one of the things that they look for. If if the guy gives his back up and you kind of push him like that, that's normally not going to be called. Um, I, 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 I think it was too close to call it, right? And I don't even know if he still would have caught him. They could have threw the flag, sure, um, but I'm okay with them not throwing it. Uh, you see the defender. I'm watching it now. You see him. It's almost like he went to start blocking him, and as soon as Mark passed him, he he realized it and let off. So he didn't even really give him a, a, a good shove, you know, you know. So I I I agree with the with the no call personally, but again, I'm not a ref, 
and uh, that's I why I'm not paid to call games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm okay with the no call. Well, but. Christian, but before we go to break, can you just give us your whole breakdown of the play? Uh, in, in, in you know, just starting one with the play call, and two, um, what Logan Wilson did, the middle linebacker, 55, by by getting both of those hands up and knocking the ball out of Huntley's hands. Yeah, you know, just real quick, I mean, Huntley put himself in a vulnerable position trying to reach out and be a hero right there. And if you look at it, he really was far away from the from the end zone. Um, so it, it definitely wasn't a smart move on his part, but a great play uh, by the defense to knock the ball out. Um, and then Sam Hubbard just happened to be in the right place at the right time and catches the football and takes it all the way down for a touchdown. But that was a pivotal po- uh, point in the game and unfortunately uh, came back to, to bite the Ravens. So. Um, Cincinnati capitalized on a huge error, and uh, they ultimately proceed in the playoffs. Brian Passink will join us on the other side of the break, and then at 12.30 we will do our best to dial in the news conference concerning Nate Oates and Darius Miles. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That's true when your business is growing fast. And even more true when there's a lot of uncertainty. Inflation is running rampant. Supply chains after midnight, the low 58. Tomorrow and Wednesday, cloudy and mild both days with periods of rain, maybe a thunderstorm in spots. Highs around 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 63 degrees in Tuscaloosa. on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and also being joined by Brian Passink. We're going to talk a, a little hoops, or actually a lot of hoops, if you're Brandon Miller. One of the most impressive stats from Saturday, Brian, was the fact that uh, the score at the half was Brandon Miller 22, LSU 22. Uh, it's just another among many outstanding basketball performances by the University of Alabama. And then I'm flipping around on the national scene, and they're the hottest topic in all of college basketball. Brian, how are you? And, hey, let's talk some Bama hoops here. Sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, By this Alabama team uh, and Brandon Miller in the first half, which is not something we said on Wednesday night. I mean, it's amazing that Alabama's had some huge wins this year. not been his typical incredible self and in what it's the first half with Arkansas he was over oh didn't shoot didn't get it in the first half uh ended up with 14 points had an incredible second half so I won't say he didn't play well he played great in the second half but uh it was important uh for Brandon to get off to a good start we knew 10 seconds in that this was going to be a different story, at least in the first half. I think he, uh, the first possession within about the first 10 seconds of the shot clock, uh, to knock down his first three on his way. Uh, half points, a far cry from uh, the first half in Fayetteville. Uh, he has proven this Alabama team is 
not been at his best. If you look to the Houston game, uh, where he didn't have a field goal in that game on um, Houston, Alabama still won. So this Bama team is really good. They be the best player in the country in Brandon Miller, but even when he's not at his good enough to win, we, we saw it in Houston. We saw it against number one North Carolina where he didn't have his best scoring, but then was able still to beat uh, the two number one teams in the country at the time, and that's uh, Houston North. Tim Miller has been incredible, but maybe even more so is the fact that Alabama has won in games where he hasn't scored. Brian, I took my seven-year-old son, Lincoln, to the game on Saturday. It was his first Alabama basketball game. And on our way in, we were listening to you and Chris Stewart uh, doing the pregame. And I, I mentioned to Lincoln, hey, Brian, he's a, he's a friend. He's a you know, frequent guest on the show. And uh, he really wanted to meet you. And so we uh, we got on the court after the game, and uh, yeah, we we were stalking you. We you know I didn't want to bother you though. I know you had uh, stuff to do, but no. uh, you, you've you've uh, you've got a longtime uh, fan now in my son Lincoln. Um, but when it comes to Brandon Miller, the fact that you know it's not like he was the number one recruit in the country, right? Uh, the twenty four seven Sports yeah. had him as number fourteen. But he is playing like the best player in the country and someone who perhaps could go as high as number one overall uh, in the NBA draft. Um, Has he exceeded what you thought he could be when Alabama signed him? Yes. I thought he would be great. And uh, with Sanderson, he's been greater. So. He's he's been he's been unbelievable. Uh, you know, he was someone I uh, to be one of the best players in the SEC. I wasn't sure we'd be talking about him uh, on a national stage as the best player overall. Uh, but he's played like it. And what's amazing about this freshman exceeded expectations. Brandon Miller uh, has been better than advertised. Uh, better and better and has been better than than I thought he would um Rylan Griffin no more nobody more than Noah Clowney a guy that was not considered one of the top tree and he's put himself in a position where uh there are NBA scouts uh in a plays in and it's not just for Brandon Miller it's for some others and Noah Clowney has gotten a uh, a lot of people's attention with the way he's played. So this is one of the most uh, highly school history, and they have all been better than we thought. Big reason why Alabama's top five in the country and playing. Hey, Brian, I wanted to ask you about the maturity of the team and just how much it says about them and the job that Nate, so Nate Oates is doing. You know, with them coming from a big win over at Arkansas, then to come at home, and, and, and completely annihilate an LSU team um, and just keep uh, their foot on the gas. Um, it just seems like they keep improving and there's no signs of letting up. Just talk about how important that is for them to stay locked in and the maturity they've shown uh, to just stay so consistent and, and to not waver um, in, in terms of you know playing down to their opponents or playing up to their opponents. Yeah, the, the maturity has been so impressive because they're really young. 
contributors are really young and don't have a ton of college experience. And we mentioned the freshmen. Uh, that group is in there. But they're mature. They're, they're all, um, they're all older than, than their age will tell you. Uh, they, they go about work. They go about preparation in a very professional way. Uh, and it, it's a big reason uh, to handle injuries, foul trouble, adversity. Uh, and now uh, they're playing at a high level. They're playing with a lot of consistency and toughness and maturity. But it's a long – going to be ups and downs for any team. I mean, I, I saw Kansas last year have so many ups and downs over the course of the season. Championship. North Carolina is a team that – uh, played in the final game, went to the final four, and was a possession championship. Uh, who was a roller coaster ride during the season. So, even for the best of the best and the team that will ultimately, they're going to be um, some highs and lows of the season. So far, it's been a bunch of ups, and it's a grind. And uh, tomorrow night will be a tough test for Alabama. This is uh, a Vanderbilt of beating the best teams in the country, especially at home in Nashville, historically. A, there has been some recent success. Hopefully there'll be a lot of crimson and white in the building. Uh, but Van basketball is probably as confident as they've been in a while, having beaten the top 15 team in Arkansas and handling Arkansas, uh, which of these young players. So hopefully Alabama will be ready to go against a good Vanderbilt team tomorrow night oh thank you brian i want to ask you one quick question we're going to get to break because we want to listen in on the nate oats news conference which is scheduled in about five minutes but but very very quickly um a lot of things kind of filtered themselves out this past weekend as far as i'm concerned in the sec and you, you hate to you know put too much praise at alabama but after tennessee losing and then you know vandy beating arkansas of course that was in nashville that's not that's not terribly a shock but is Alabama ahead above everybody else? Well, you know, I think um, right now you, you could definitely make that at the bottom, maybe a little better than we thought. Um, you've got new blood in the SEC, new coach, a veteran in the SEC at Georgia who's surprising people. Nobody expected Missouri to be where they are. Job at Mississippi State. Each and every game is going to be tough, especially on the road. Uh, so I think you're going to see surprise not make a ton of sense. Um, you know, each and every, uh, SEC week that play, it's going to make a lot of fun this year. I didn't even mention Texas A&M. They've just quietly, um, sitting atop, uh, the SEC tied with Alabama and they've looked great. Uh, they had a little up disappointing non-conference, a little up and down, but, uh, he's got them going into anybody uh buzz can coach i don't think anybody's going to question that hey thank you for your time have a safe trip to and from nashville and we will talk to you later this week or early next week as you have become our bama constant for basketball thank you brian thank you brian and enjoy it guys hey tell lincoln i said hello roll time oh <laughs> uh, i will he's listening right now uh, i appreciate that whoa, what a great finish when we come back we will try our best to dial in Tuscaloosa and Nate Oates News Conference. Stay with us. This is Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains. 
Texas. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Has the pandemic affected your business? Even with more and more customers going online in the past five years, online business has grown greatly due to the pandemic. Now more than ever, it's important to have a... I just want to start today by offering our deepest condolences to the family and friends of Jamia Janae Harris, young woman, daughter, and mother, who's taken way too soon from a senseless act. This is an incredibly sad situation. Our hearts go out to our loved ones. We're keeping them in our thoughts and prayers as they continue to grieve. We came together last night and talked thought it was important that we were all here and around to support one another through this situation. With this being a pending investigation, there's nothing I can add that hasn't already been shared. You may have some questions, but there's nothing I can comment on relative to Darius's situation and the investigation. Again, our sympathies to Jamia's family following this unimaginable loss. This is a really difficult situation. We're continuing to support each other as we process this and balance school and basketball. To that end, <clears throat> we regrouped this morning to maintain our routine and some structure in the midst of this situation. And we'll practice before heading up to Nashville for the Vanderbilt game. Yeah, what was the message to the, the team when you guys met last night? It's really a tragedy all around, but especially for Jamia and her family. Wish we weren't having to address this situation. But, you know, we got to pull together as a team at this point and have each other's, you know, really be there for each other. How have the players, you know, been over the past, you know, since yesterday morning and how have they responded to your message? You know, they, they've been good. We, um, you know, we, there's a lot of hugs last night. I mean, everybody understands the situation. But, I mean, everyone's aware of the services offered on campus and are taking advantage of them, you know, through our sports medicine for these types of situations. So they're going to need some additional support moving forward, too. Your job over the last 24 hours and over the next 24 is obviously very different now. It's about, like you said, helping players process and not about basketball. How are, how are, how are you able to change gears in that way, in, in a way that you have to change gears as, as their coach? And, and what are some of the questions that they asked you that you could or, or couldn't answer? Yeah, I mean, we can't answer anything dealing with the investigation, obviously, because it's a pending investigation. So, and they didn't have too many questions. It's um, really just more kind of a grieving process. I mean, they understand the severity of the situation with Jamia. Also understand the severity of the situation with Darius. And there's both sides of it dealing with it. So, yeah, it's not something you go through often as a coach, but I, I think we've got the services around the program to help help us handle the situation. Is this a situation that's just isolated to Darius? Or is there any other players that are maybe involved? Yeah. No, as I mentioned earlier, like 
all of us got together last night. It's an ongoing investigation. Our entire remaining team is traveling to Nashville. We'll be available playing the game tomorrow. How did you learn the news of, of the situation? And how did you respond immediately? Yeah, I, I got a call Sunday morning alerting me to what was going on. I immediately called uh, Greg and we, you know, started putting our plan in place together to uh, handle situations like this. What went, in, <clears throat> what went into the decision to, to keep Miles out earlier this season? And then you had mentioned he's going through a personal matter. What what steps did you guys kind of take to kind of help him with that? Before yeah, I mean, the he actually went back home to D.C. to deal with the personal matter that he was out a couple weeks with. And uh, and he had the ankle injury. It was kind of ongoing. That um, so I mean he's had multiple issues. They were all completely unrelated to this incident Saturday though. Sorry, Sunday morning. Coach, every program has a a set of team rules. How will this change that moving forward so that you can help other student athletes that come in? And, and do you have a different approach after an incident like this? Yeah, I think everybody listens a little closer after an incident like this. We've had speakers come in and talk to the team about, you know, off-floor conduct, and we'll continue to do that and are continuing to do that now. They seem to listen a little closer in, during moments like this. Good. Coach, uh, it's hard to put into words, I mean, just how to even ask a certain question, but obviously there's just humans involved in all of this, and, I, and including yourself. And uh, just with the sensitivity of that, just how do you process this? I know uh, you mentioned your thoughts with the family, but also, um, you know, Darius and, you know, who he is as a person, too. So how have you processed moving forward on your own? Yeah, I've got three daughters. Went through my mind how easily could have been one of mine. Tough situation. I talked to Darius's mother multiple times yesterday. Very hard situation on both accounts. So, you know, we just continue to pray for Jamia and her family, although I didn't know them, but they're certainly in our thoughts and prayers and continuing to pray for Darius's situation too. It's just an unfortunate incident that I wish we weren't having to deal with today. Covering SEC sports like Kitsu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. 
I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zelgen's Tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA. When tumor after midnight, the low 58. Tomorrow and Wednesday, cloudy and mild both days with periods of rain, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, highs around 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 65 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter with you. Also, I urge you to go to our website at www.bignoonsports.com, and we now have a Twitter handle, which is at Big Noon Sports. So uh, you can find us on many, many different platforms, including our affiliates in the Anniston-Gadsden area right here in Birmingham and also in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And our focus is on Tuscaloosa, Alabama and what happened early Sunday morning and the tragic death of Jamia Harris. You just heard from Nate Oates addressing the situation with Darius Miles, uh, a basketball player that was on the Alabama roster. Um, he has now been taken down off the page and so forth and is in the Tuscaloosa County Jail on Capitol murder charges along with his alleged accomplice Michael Davis. I want to start with something and we all know how tragic this is and it it is unfortunately a part of our job and we address it but addressing is what I want to try and make a point here Lars. Uh, I think it would have been maybe easy for NATO's to just issue a statement yes. and say this is where we are and to be very honest with you I've been all right with that. But I think it, it took a tremendous amount of courage, and I'm sure he and Greg Byrne got together and discussed this yesterday, to go ahead and have a news conference and discuss this. I applaud that effort. Absolutely. And I thought uh, the questions from the reporters, many of whom that we both know, uh, were appropriate. Absolutely. Uh, Good point, Lord. he obviously can't comment on, you know, because he doesn't know the facts. And, 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 and I do want to go over what we know, okay, what okay. has been widely reported uh, in, in, in AL.com, uh, Carol Robinson, Ben Flanagan, Michael Casagrande, uh, Carol Robinson is just the best of the best. I believe she is the longest-serving um, crime reporter in the United States. Carol she's knows remarkable. Herself. She is, yeah, and uh, she's spoken to my classes many times. But anyway, this is based on their reporting that, okay, Darius Miles, again, uh, the former University of Alabama basketball player now, uh, he is one of two suspects charged with capital murder in this pre-dawn deadly shooting on the Strip in Tuscaloosa. And those of us who, um, you know, love Tuscaloosa, and I think all three of us do. Uh, it, the, the strip is a special place, and um, so uh, on Saturday, before the incident happened, before the shooting happened, and this uh, this uh, beautiful young woman lost her life, Miles was ruled out for the season due to an ankle injury, and then a little more than 24 hours later, um, Miles was being led in handcuffs into the Tuscaloosa jail. He's 21 years old, 
and as he was being led into jail, uh, he was appeared to be crying, and he said uh, several times, I love you, and I love you more than you can imagine uh, to someone who is standing outside of the Tuscaloosa County Jail. And so both Miles of Washington, D.C., and Michael Lynn Davis, who is 20 years old from Maryland, they're charged in the killing of uh, Jamia Harris, age 23, of Birmingham. And again, the shooting happened on the Strip. Um, and uh, according to the Tuscaloosa police, at about 1.45 a.m., uh, Tuscaloosa police and the University of Alabama police were dispatched to the Walk of Champions. And we all know where that is, right in front of Bryant-Denny Stadium. They were dispatched to the Walk of Champions on a, on a possible shooting. And a vehicle had been stopped there upon uh, sighting a University of Alabama police vehicle. And inside the vehicle, uh, sadly, Harris uh, had passed away. She she had already lost her life, uh, according to uh, Tuscaloosa Violent Crimes Captain Jack Kennedy. The driver of that car, who has not been identified, told police that their vehicle had been struck by gunfire. The, the driver said that, that he returned fire in self-defense and that he may have struck a suspect. Investigators determined that the shooting happened in the 400 block of Grace Street off of University Boulevard. And uh, those of us, again, familiar with Tuscaloosa, we know exactly where that is. And Kennedy uh, said that after speaking with multiple witnesses and viewing video surveillance, they identified two suspects. Both were located, both were interviewed, and one of the suspects had indeed been struck by gunfire and uh, had a non-life-threatening wound. And, um, and then the uh, Kennedy, the police officer, is quoted as saying, quote, it appears at this time that the shooting was the result of a minor argument that occurred between the victims and suspects after they encountered each other along the strips, along the strip. The member agencies of the Violent Crimes Unit utilized all their resources and worked together to bring this case to a resolution in a rapid manner. And Miles was on the bench on, on Saturday during Alabama's 106-66 uh, to 66 win over LSU. And, um, you know, it's just th those, those are the essential facts. And, uh, Christian, uh, I'll go to you first. Um, it, it's hard to offer much of a reaction other than one of sadness and uh, just sort of disbelief, but uh, what, what's, what, when, when you first found out about it, what, what went through your head? I honestly just didn't really know what to think. Uh, I kind of was left speechless. Just a devastating, tragic incident um, overall, and just you know, my deepest uh, condolences and sympathies go out to um, the young lady's family. You know, she was a mother. Um, a daughter and so much more and it's just such a senseless tragedy that um, it honestly just makes you sick uh, to hear about um, so I, I honestly don't have too much to offer you know I I hate hearing things like this I'm, I'm kind of like coach Oates I hate that we're addressing something like this because it you know I'm speculating here but it sounds like something that was just so senseless and could be avoided and uh, it, it's, it's just tough when, when you see things like this because a young lady a young mother um, lost her life um, first and foremost and you know two young men pretty much have lost 
the rest of their lives over something um, that that seems to be just so um, unwarranted and, and co- completely could have been avoided. So um, just a very sad day overall. And, um, you know, people just need to be better. They need to make better decisions. They need to be smart about who you hang around and, and the decisions that you're making and, and understand, um, you know, that, that late in the evening, uh, you know, things like this um, can occur. People are, are um, drinking alcohol and, and, and doing whatever God knows what. And, um, you know, it's, it's just sad, just a, a sad situation overall. And, again, I just really just want to offer my condolences to um, the young lady's family um, because it's just so unfortunate and so tragic of a situation. Darius Miles' attorneys have immediately, or this morning, issued a release uh, claiming his innocence. And um, through Miles, or through his attorneys, he wished and wanted his day in court, which obviously he's going to get. But uh, I thought that needed to be noted. Lars, well done on recapping what we know to this date. Uh, I appreciate and respect your your response as well, Christian. Yeah, very uh, well put, it's, Christian. It's, yes. Can I get Matt? Can I get your response? Uh, just what went through your mind when you read about this story? You heard about it? Um, did you think about your your own daughter? You know, just what 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 was your reaction? Well, I, you know, the first thing was that, damn, is is this really true? You know, the first thing I saw was that a woman had lost her life. And then, in that story, by Carol Robinson, she releases that in the process, Darius Miles had been arrested on capital murder charges. And I think, Lars, you, you did, but let's reemphasize what that means. That's the like the worst of the worst of murder charges, and yes. you could end up um, death penalty. with a death penalty. But and, and he, I just didn't want to believe it at first. But then, you know, obviously, it it, it is true, and he's been arrested, and, and she's, unfortunately, it's just so... Uh, the word, and I think Christians use it, use, use it, and I'll, I'll use it again, is senseless. I mean, this is a, apparently, a led, this is a small argument between a guy and a girl. And it ends up with this. So I, I guess in my many, many years of, of being in the media, um, things like this still set you back. I don't care. You, you don't become benign to what happens in life. And, and I didn't then. I immediately prayed for her and her family. And, you know, you, you pray for the other side, too, uh, because, uh, gee whiz, as you just said, their lives are over for, from a specific standpoint. Now, I say that, allegedly, now the attorneys claim innocence, and, and who knows, that could be the, it certainly doesn't sound like it, but that could be the case. There's video. Uh, you know, and, there's video out there, and you well, can just do a, a, a Twitter search and, and see the video, and it... it I hadn't it, looked at it yet. It, it just—it it sounds like there's a, an exchange of gunfire, you know. Oh. Um, and and what? I don't want to get political. I, I won't even go there. But uh, just get rid of the damn guns. Well, uh, it happened. If you're familiar with the area, because I used to live on Gray Street. Uh, of course, if, if you're a student at the University of Alabama, particularly of my nature, then you live a lot of different places. Yeah. But um, it's behind the Publix. You know, the Publix that yeah. faces, yeah. it's a, you know, it's like it's right half a block back, right yeah. there on the strip. But it happened back there, and I guess then the car ended up in front of the Walk of Champions. So it's all just tragic, and um, it's very, very difficult to move along and transition 
Uh, it's uncomfortable if you're host hosting a sports talk show to go in a different direction. But I, I think based on that, let's do talk about your trip, LSU, Alabama, the fact that they just waylaid the Bengal Tigers, who, by the way, are in transition. They're not a really, really good basketball team, but Alabama is. And as unbelievable as the performance was at Fayetteville, I mean, they bring it home. And they win by what, 50? Almost 50? They had 42 point leads at a certain time. It just, this is an amazing basketball in, uh, team. And I'm, I'm going to throw laurels at Oates again because he's pulling from, you know, he's got Quinterly coming back, comes off the bench. He gets 12. He loves the role as the sixth man. Mm-hmm. But he's, at the same time, he's integrating guys that were playing high school eight months ago. So, um, I I think this is a this may be and it's difficult for me to say because I have my favorites. This may be Alabama's best basketball team ever. But uh, if Alabama know. plays, I'll say this: if Alabama plays like that for the rest of the season, they won't lose another game and they'll win the national championship. I agree. And what is so impressive upon seeing them in person is that they're so long. They got length. And 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 I know we want to talk about the offense and the and the threes and how Nate Oates always is like if you're open shoot it. You should the, the shot chart is amazing. It's it's all three pointers and it's all shots within uh, two feet of the basket. And there's <laughs> one shot that's taken maybe there's from one eight, intermediate yeah, jumper in the one, whole game. In the whole game. There's no the, the mid-range jumper is dead to <laughs> NATO oh, and in uh, in in uh, so I taught my son uh, we play basketball a lot and basketball is like it's 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 my 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 thing I love basketball and uh, I always tell Lincoln when you uh, right when you release it and you follow through is good and you 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 yell music right because you're gonna tickle the back of the net. And so, whenever Brandon Miller would take a shot, before yeah, but yeah, he would just yell music. It's awesome. And, and uh, before and and the fans like around us were just like, "Who is this kid?" And every time, you know, just splash. Well, and he was yelling it a lot. He was, he was, because that that first half performance by him was just. Uh, epic it was it was as good as you will see in college basketball did you go christian i did not go to the game but i i watched that annihilation and uh man i just i, I can't even put into words how impressed i am with this team right now because again it's just such a uh, night and day's difference from when i was here um the quality of basketball that i was witnessing and now just seeing uh how talented these guys are man um i'm excited for them i I know I'm speaking early, but I, I think they can take it all the way. And I think they're a championship caliber team. And, uh, man, could you imagine if if we won a national championship in basketball? Like, how awesome would that be? <laughs> I, I think it's a real possibility. I, I just said they're playing as good as anybody. That's right. I, I, if I'm a, if I'm on the Alabama schedule, I don't, I don't, I, this is a team I don't want to face. Uh, I don't think you want to face them in postseason either. Hey, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. Back with another hour momentarily. Hey, Pete, how's business? It's great. Foot traffic's still way down, but more people are finding me online. Nice. How'd you pull that off? Well, the first thing I did was go to... Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. 
back on Big Noon Sports. Matt, Lars, Christian, glad that you have joined us. Uh, unfortunately, today we've been talking about sad news, uh, the death of Jamia Harris, 23, uh, at the University of Alabama, stripped and arrested in the process, charged with capital murder, Alabama basketball player Darius Miles and um, Michael Davis. Uh, both are from the Washington, D.C. and Baltimore area, and they are in the Tuscaloosa County Jail. Uh, and again, as the unfortunate information pass along, <clears throat> Jamia Harris had a five-year-old son, Kane. Meanwhile, in Athens, uh, oddly enough, I guess, ironically enough, at kind of close to the same time, Georgia offensive lineman Devin Willock and recruiting staffer Chandler, Chandler LaCroix were both killed in a horrible car accident uh, right there in Athens. Uh, Willock was an upcoming junior. He played in all 15, 16? How many games they play? 15? Yeah. Uh, he played in all, started against Kentucky and Tennessee, and was an upcoming junior. I'm sure his, his status was probably as a starter. But uh, that, is, uh, that is the sad news, and we have passed along that. We took the NATO's news conference just a little while ago. We have commented on that. And uh, as, again, as uncomfortable the transition is, we're going to move along to a couple other stories. Um, first of all, I'm listening yesterday afternoon, uh, and people were talking about C.J. Stroud and the possibility of this NIL, and, oh, is he going to stay? No. Okay? Did anybody really think he was going to stay? When what, What's a signing bonus for a, for a number one, number two, number three pick? $20 million? No, Something sir. Like is somebody going to be in Columbus? Almost $40 million. Really? Mm, yeah. So you gonna pass that up, Christian, for nine million in NIL number? Absolutely not. <laughs> Was that the dumbest question I've ever asked you? No, no, no. It's just uh, <laughs> you would think that I. I mean, look, I would. All right. Well, well, this, no. Excuse me. You said would I pass up the 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 thirty eight, thirty nine million dollars? No. Now, if it was twelve million versus nine million, I I would consider coming back. But shoot, look, I'm really? I'm a business guy. I, I like to invest. Uh, I, I like to do a lot of that stuff with the stock market. The, where my mind goes when I hear $38 million, I'm immediately just thinking investing in all the things I can do with that. I've got to take the money. I have to. Yeah. Um, you know, there was so much buzz this morning that he was going to announce that he was coming back. Um, you look at his uh, legacy at Ohio State. He has he owns 17 records, but never beaten Michigan, never won a Big Ten title, never won a college football playoff game, never won a national championship. He is uh, the only two-time Heisman finalist in the history of the program. But the thing is, he played so well in the semifinal game against Georgia. I mean, he made millions and millions and millions of dollars because uh, the, the the question, Christian, I think that people had about C.J. Stroud was what what is his pocket awareness? What's his mobility? You know, is he going to be sort of a statuesque guy back there like uh, a la uh, Dwayne ha uh, Haskins, rest in peace? Um, but I think he proved against Georgia, again, he's played that that, that – He's he's much more than just a pocket passer. Do you, do you do you agree with that assessment, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I still wouldn't label him a mobile quarterback. I know we had this discussion last week. Um, yeah. But can he um, improvise and extend plays with his legs? Absolutely. That's what we saw against Georgia. Um, I think people just wanted to see him move. 
um, a little more because he he typically doesn't. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you look at guys like Tom Brady. Tom Brady sits his ass in that pocket <laughs> all game long, and look how many uh, Super Bowls he's won. Um, so I, I, I think people – I think what happens, right, when we look at these players is we just – we try to break down all these things. And, and Coach Saban says this all the time. They're always looking for reasons not to draft you. They always are looking for the butts is what he would call it. You'd rather have them say and than but, meaning like this guy is a great thrower and – has a lot of accuracy and can use his legs. You don't, they're, but they're looking for the butts. This guy's a great Thor, but he doesn't improvise with his legs enough. So I think people are just going to try to find every little uh, issue they can find with players um, just to pick them apart. But realistically, if the guy can play, the guy can play. And I think, unfortunately, we get too caught up in analytics nowadays um, in the game of football. And unfortunately, it, you sometimes just have to turn on the tape and say, hey, can this guy play football or can he not? You know, can he work on a couple of things? Sure, but I think that's where they're kind of going with that with him. When I look at him, I mean, this guy has great size. Um, he's a sturdy 6'3", 220-pound uh, frame. Um, this guy can make all the throws. You know, he's an accurate passer, and uh, he's shown that, you know, he can really compete in, in, in big games against some some top talent. You know, Georgia arguably had the best defense in the country. Um, he exposed those guys. They, they had one of the best cornerbacks in the country in Ringo. And uh, him and Marvin Harrison went to work in that, that semi-playoff game. So I, I like C.J. Stroud. I'm not surprised that he what, went ahead and, and, and um, you know, went into the draft. And uh, I think that was a smart decision on his part. I, I want to make a correction. So the total contract is 38 to $40 million. As Matt, you were uh, closer. It's about 25-ish to 28 um, for the signing bonus. But the total contract is upwards of $40 million. I'll take either one. <laughs> exactly. That's hey, right. Christian, <laughs> I, 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 Christian, I got a couple questions for you, and uh, and then I want to sort of break down all of the uh, playoff games that we had this weekend. What gr- what great NFL football, by the way. Only one of them was really kind of one-sided, and that yeah. was the 49ers. Uh, but, uh, no. Uh, uh, Christian, no. if you're the GM of the team that eventually trades with the Bears to get that number one pick, do you take Stroud over Bryce Young? It's so tough. And I want to be impartial, obviously. So, excuse I, me, that's a loaded question when a guy's sitting in a studio in Tuscaloosa, right. Alabama. What's yeah. he gonna say? Yeah, but no, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna be transparent with you, and I'm gonna, if, yeah. And, and again, I want to be impartial because I love Bryce. I've watched Bryce a lot more than I've watched C.J. Stroud. And what I will say, Bryce has going for him is if you watch him, you know, number one is his consistency. Right. We all know he has a t- I'm not, obviously these guys both have a phenomenal talent. They wouldn't be in the conversation for being number one picks if they didn't. So we're going to put that aside. But what I like about Bryce is, number one, his consistency. Number two, uh, number two, excuse me, his poise and confidence in the pocket. And number three, his ability to make plays when his when his best is needed. Right. He plays his best when his best is needed in these big time games. You watch um, that Heisman moment against Auburn when he leads them down for that uh, comeback victory. That's what you want to see out of a number one pick. You want to see that guy make those plays when it matters. When, when he made plays against LSU, I hate to say this, but there was times this past season where it looked like he was playing by himself. You know, he was uh, he was a magician <laughs> out there. He was improvising. He was eluding yeah. and being evasive, and he was just making throws that no one even saw. No one saw was coming. And to me, I like to see that. I want a guy because that that's the type of guy I feel like I can put in my offense. And I can trust him when we're, we're on the road in a, in a hostile environment and we're down um, four points and we need a, a, a touchdown drive right here uh, to get to the playoffs. That's the type of guy I want to put the football. I want to put the football in that type of guy's hands. 
So with that being said, I would lean towards Bryce in that manner. However, I don't think you really can go wrong with either one. I see a lot of great things about both these guys. Again, I, I, and I understand the, um, you know, the, the criticism on Bryce's size because that that can be a concern. I think it's a little, um, you know, made made to be more than it really is. But people will use that against him because um, you look at CJ Stroud again at six three, two hundred twenty pounds versus Bryce, who probably will measure in at about five eleven realistically. Um, probably south of 200 pounds. You know, he's probably only 190 pounds or so. Uh, maybe, you know, he'll put some weight on before the draft and, and combine and whatnot. But with all that being said, I, I think I would lean Bryce Young just because, again, how magical he is in those moments when you most need it. And to me, that's what I look for in a quarterback and a leader. And uh, we've seen him do that consistently at Alabama. And, and I think that's what I would put the most emphasis on. Uh, I'm with you. I, I I think Bryce Young would be uh, the guy that I would take. Um, you know, it's like Joe Burrow. He doesn't have the greatest physical gifts in the world, but you know what? He's now four and one in the postseason. Yep. And uh, that that winning percentage, uh, it's it, it, it's it matters. Really, he, 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 yeah, it he, does. He was yeah, it's the intangible thing. But he still won. He still won, and that's he's what still counts. He still won. He still won. Oh. And in and, and, and Christian, finally, uh, sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, in regards just to uh, the the tragedy this weekend in Tuscaloosa, Nick Saban constantly says nothing good happens after midnight. Can you just tell our listeners how Nick Saban counsels his players about making decisions when it comes to putting yourself in what could be bad situations? Yeah, you know, anytime we're going to have an extended period of time, uh, for instance, like a break coming up, um, he always, um, you know, nails on the, the importance of, you know, being safe making the right decisions and, uh, you know, not putting yourself in vulnerable positions or um, putting yourself in a situation um, that you have no business being in. And he, he always emph- emphasizes that um, to us as a team. Um, you know, if we say we're, we're having a bye week break, he's so um, he, 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 he makes sure he makes it a point of emphasis um, when we go home and when, when we're doing things. And even in, even when it's not a, a break, uh, say just fall camp, you know, he'll have, um, the police sergeant come in and speak with us um, uh, and just go over, you know, obvious, obvious laws that we should know, but just things to, you know, be careful uh, about and, and things to look for and or, or just offer us resources to use. Um, so he definitely um, does a, a great job, as I can uh, imagine. Nate Oates um, probably also does a great job, um, you know, informing their, the players on, on, you know, what to do and what not to do and, and you know, really just harping on, you know, don't put yourself in these situations. And, and unfortunately, um, you know, tragedies like this, you know, can happen. Um, I don't care how good of a job, you know, Coach Saban or Coach Oates does, you know, they, they, they're not with these guys 24-7. And um, it's just unfortunate um, and, and a terrible tragedy that, that happened. And you just pray for everyone involved. But first and foremost, the, the victim, the young lady was a mother, but um, even even for these guys on this team, because um, you know that's it's just a, a hard situation um, for everybody involved, and just just a really sad day. On the other side of this break, why don't we uh, look at some of the other games? Yeah. Um, of course, the, the uh, 49ers beat the Seahawks. Um, 
the Chargers Jaguars game was just unbelievable in, in, incredibly compelling. You see the guy who laid down 1.4 mil and he won like 11,000 or something to or? win 11,000 yeah. and he lost the 1.4 mil. Wow. Oh wow. That's a nice day. Yeah, he was up tw- yeah, when they're up 27-0, he put 1.4 million that the Chargers would win only to win about 11,000. And he ends up losing with the 1.4 mil. You know, uh, <laughs> in a very candid way, nothing happens good after midnight. And, and by the way, Nick Saban didn't say that first. Uh, and Bob Coulter didn't either. <laughs> but uh, that has been – but my, my point is nothing happens good after midnight. Nothing happens good after you call your bookie either. <laughs> we'll be right back. Roll time. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! Moments like hearing my cat purr good morning mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even... After midnight, the low 58. Tomorrow and Wednesday, cloudy and mild both days with periods of rain, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, highs around 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Well, I love her, but I love to fish. Spend all day out on this lake now, it's all I catch. But today she met me at the door Said I would have to choose If I had that fishing Welcome back to Big Noon Sports. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Josh and Joe and Aiden all behind the scenes operating things uh, from buying a curtain. Hey, um, I want to make a quick mention uh, and, and kind of give a, a, a tip of the Victory Lane um, NASCAR cap. To Russell Branham, I don't know if you got his email today. He sent out an e- a group email to the media. He's been the media public relations guy at Talladega Super Speedway for, I'm guessing, 15, 20 years, something like that. But um, he has been, I guess, the way you well, you say it now, he got booted upstairs. He's still going to be in Talladega, but he's taken a position where he will be less involved with people like me and Lars, and we'll miss him for that. But uh, Russell's been an instrumental part of what I do at Talladega and what all the media does at Talladega. And he's still going to be active, and you'll still see him at the track, and he'll still be there. But I just want to congratulate him because NASCAR has recognized the fact that he is a great contributor. And um, I think it's vice president of business operations or something like that. But you know Russell. I've known Russell and worked with Russell uh, throughout the years. And, uh, hey, congratulations, big guy, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the very near future. Okay, Christian, I kind of want to I, I want to go game by game with you uh, over wild card weekend and just get your analysis. And l- let's start with uh, San Francisco, Seattle. Seattle had uh, – they were right in this thing at, at, at halftime. San Francisco pulls away in the second half. Brock Purdy uh, looked really sharp, uh, distributing the ball almost like a point guard to all all of the talent that they have on 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 uh, offensive side of the ball. Christian McCaffrey was great. Um, just your analysis of that game. 
You know, I was really impressed with uh, Brock Purdy and his ability to just, you know, you keep hearing the guys in that locker room talk about, and it's kind of what I was referring to with Bryce, it's the same situation. You know, you want a guy that the guys rally behind and they can rely on, and, and that's what Brock Purdy has become for the 49ers. Um, you know, he kind of uh, brings this this just attitude to the team where, where they just, they're playing with so much confidence and um, I think the uh, uh, the 49ers acquiring Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey might have been the best trade, the in, best in-season trade of all time. I mean, he fits perfect in their scheme. Um, the way he – you can just plug him in there and, and the way he just immediately um, improved that offense. Um, I, I think that was um, an A-plus move on their part. And uh, I, I think even with Brock Purdy, you know, who's an inexperienced quarterback, I think these guys really have a chance um, at, at going out. I, I think it's going to be, you know, them, the Eagles, obviously. But, man, uh, it, I was impressed. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to give credit to the Seahawks because they, they played a great game as well. You know, you mentioned that the 49ers kind of, you know, took it away in the second half. But they went out there and they, they, played, a, they played a good game. It's just they, they, they couldn't do enough to, you know, win the football game but uh, we're talking about a Seahawks team that you know everyone pretty much counted out once they traded Russell Wilson away um, in the offseason and um, for them to make the playoffs and, and to have Geno Smith uh, break franchise records and, and be voted a pro bowler um, I think this uh, was a, su a successful season for them and I think they can build off of it all right let's go to Chargers versus Jacksonville this is one of the more remarkable playoff games you'll ever see. Chargers jump to a 27-0 lead. Uh, looks like they're just uh, gonna, you know, walk away with this thing on the road at Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence throws what four picks in the first half, and then uh, a remarkable comeback, and uh, led by Trevor Lawrence, who in the first half just looked like uh you know a poo poo yeah exactly <laughs> and in the second half he looked like uh one of the two best quarter three best quarterbacks in the league um your reaction uh, and, and also uh the bigger question should the chargers fire brandon staley uh he's under a lot of heat uh, the head coach for the chargers uh and and there's you know a lot of uh, chatter out there that this may be a team that Sean Payton would be interested in coaching because Justin Herbert is on the team, but Justin Herbert did not play well in the second half. Christian. Yeah, and you got to give a lot of credit to Jacksonville's defense as well. You know they really shut them down in the second half. But I mean, there's really no excuse for for giving up. What was it 27 point um, deficit? You know they were up 27 points on Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and for you to ultimately end up losing that football game, man, I mean, that, that's just inexcusable, especially in the playoffs. I mean, these guys know what's on the line. And, and uh, again, credit to Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence for leading um, such a remarkable comeback. But, uh, man, that, that, that one hurts. And you saw the frustration from those guys. I'm sure you saw, you know, Joey Bosa slamming his helmet. Um, man, because these guys, man, this is what it's about. You know, obviously they're playing for that check that they get. But, um Everybody in those locker rooms, they want to win a Super Bowl. Um, that's the ultimate championship uh, possible in football. Um, it's 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 the pinnacle of football, and uh, these guys want a chance at that, and it means a lot to them. But you know, I think there should be some scrutiny on the coach because again, a twenty-seven point deficit, man. I, I just don't see how you give that up, um, especially in the playoffs. And 
I just, man. But again, I want to tip my hat to Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Congrats to them and Doug Peterson. They did a, they've done a phenomenal job kind of turning that program around who struggled for many years. And, um, you know, they're going to go on in advance. So I, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll see um, how they fare in the, in, in the next round. But, um, you know, I, I think right now I just got to give them respect for pulling off such a remarkable comeback. Yeah, I know. The Joey Bosa thing, we going to talk about that? Let's talk about it. I watched that and just amazement. They allowed a six foot six guy to stretch the ball across. That shouldn't have happened. I mean, that doesn't happen if you're on the three. For those that don't know, he slammed his helmet down and got half the distance to the goal penalty. And uh, it allowed Lawrence to get the ball over the goal line. Uh, just an incredible that, deal. I mean, that actual, that, that, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which was his second one of the game. Yes, it was. And I actually thought if you got two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, you were kicked out. But I, apparently I was... I know that's true in college. I, yeah, I, I guess I was wrong on that. But that play by... Or that action by Bosa ultimately caused the Chargers to lose the game. Yeah. Boy, that guy that bet the million point four is probably not very happy with Bosa. Oh, what, what did you think of that, Christian? Well, you got to realize, you know, again, the playoffs, as you can see, you know, it's almost as as if the competition picks up. Like, uh, I'm sure you got you guys have uh, seen watching, you know, these guys are out there playing a lot more physical. There's a lot more chippiness. I mean, I'm sure you go, we'll get to it soon. But the Bills and the Dolphins, I mean, um, Josh Allen and, and, and Christian uh, Wilkins getting into it. You know, it, things are just a lot more competitive. And um, it's just so imperative that you you keep your cool um and understand that you have to be disciplined out there uh, i know you're frustrated and there's a lot on the line but man you can't cost your team like that and i cannot playing here at alabama i can only imagine you know i, I got ripped for um giving up a first down um on a third down penalty against louisville my senior year and we were up probably over four touchdowns and uh, i can only imagine if that would have happened um, to a Nick Saban coach football team because man, you can't you can't let your team down. And I, I know you're frustrated. I know you're heated, but hell, save it for the sideline. Get on the sideline then if you want to slam your helmet. I mean, I still don't recommend doing that, but do it then. You, you just can't cost your team. This, that was that was so costly, and it ended up being pivotal in that game. And I mean, and again, you can't just point to one play. I, I'm a firm believer that you never can just say one play. Uh, you know, ultimately loses a football game, but. It definitely is is a large part uh, to that loss. I will say that. And also, the the first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on Bosa was he said he felt like he was being held on on a play, and he said something to the ref, and the ref followed him and then threw the flag. What what is the line there? I mean, we don't know exactly what was said. But 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 is there Christian? Is there a clear line of what you can and can't say to a referee? Well, you're not supposed to criticize them. So, you know, sometimes they'll let some slight criticism um, fly. Like maybe if you're like, like, are you not seeing him hold me? Something like that. They might let slide. But if you're using profanity towards them or around them, and, and you're really kind of letting them have it, then then usually they're gonna they're gonna call something. I guess it just depends on the ref. Uh, ref wasn't having it. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know what it is uh, in baseball. What is it? Anything pre anything posted uh, with a U. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, something U. Uh, 
That's uh, That'll get you. I'll send you the clubhouse in a hurry. Uh, when we get back, let's go over what the games that were from yesterday. Bills, Dolphins, um, the Vikings can't win. Poor Kirk Jeez, Cousins. What a, it's almost a waste of a season. And I'll tell you what, Jones looked fantastic. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure you want to face. You don't want to face anybody now, do you? Also, Christian said you can't lose a game with one big play. You sure can win one. The Bengals did just that. You're listening to the Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. The weather outside might be cold, but these deals at Townsend Nissan are hot. Like $2,000 discounts from select new Nissans and finance rates as low as 1.9. All the big calls in sports, they just sound so much more exciting in Spanish for some reason than in English. That was Sam Hubbard's 98-yard uh, uh, fumble return. I, I love when they're just going full Spanish, and then yeah. all of a sudden it'll be a touchdown. <laughs> or as we all know, maybe the one word that's universal in both languages now that we understand is adios. <laughs> adios! And when he says adios! it twice... Adios! And touchdown. There, there you go, Josh. It's another one. Touchdown is, is kind of universal as far as that's concerned. And you can hear him real quick saying, Sam, I'm up. You know, he's, but anyway, uh, Christian, I know Lars has talked about it earlier in the show how he and his gang of 20 there at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, by the way, I think they owe us about $200 in trade. Now. Yes. Um, but um, it was a remark. what my tab was last uh, night. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that side of where Lars was mentally, too. But. Uh, what a good reason to party. Um, anyway, uh, did you come out of your seat when that play happened there, Kristen? I did not. Um, I have no allegiance to either one of those teams, and um, <laughs> I just kind of casually watch football, if I'm being honest with you. So, um, no, I did not come out of my seat. I, I'm sure Lars did and his gang that he was with. And uh, I'll be honest, Lars, I think you guys escaped a, a, a narrow one because it, I, I, hate, I hate using this argument, but – I was impressed with with, with Tyler Huntley and, and his ability to to really keep them in that football game. Obviously, he had a you know a costly decision in, uh, at the goal line trying to reach over, which ultimately led to that big play. But Lars, I hate to say this, but I almost feel that if Lamar Jackson was healthy, we might not be seeing Joe Burrow oh, in the Bengals. Yeah, well, I, advance. I, I'm just I, being I told, honest. I just gotta, I, I, I told I told I told Matt in the break that uh, the Bengals had no business winning that game. I, they they just didn't. They got outplayed, and uh, you know it, it's hard to beat a team two weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 the Ravens rested all of their starters, all of their key players last week. The Bengals did not, because the Bengals were still fighting for something. 
because they they still had the chance to possibly get the number two seed and uh, and host the game this weekend or this coming weekend against Buffalo rather than traveling to Buffalo. Um, and look, the Ravens defense I thought played great. Um, they as this is getting like too deep into X's and O's for me, but uh, just from what the announcers were saying, that they just played their safeties back, and uh, they did. Uh, Burrow had didn't have one pass. Uh, I think the longest pass was like fifteen yards. I mean, they they just and and, and Cincinnati thrives on on the big play. And uh, the Ravens were able to dominate the line of scrimmage. Cincinnati loses another offensive lineman. Jonah Williams goes down with a knee. Not not sure the severity of it, but that is now three of the five starters uh, that had started the first 14 games for Cincinnati on the offensive line are now out, looks like, probably for the season. And... uh, you know it's going to be a tall task, and, and and the thing is, I mean, Christian, you please give me your analysis. Burrow's got to get the ball out of his hands so fast that it, it, it's hard, it's hard to push it down the field when you got to get it out of your hand in one point five seconds. Yeah, you're exactly right, and you know Jonah Williams actually played here, uh, played with him several years. Um, man, he's such a uh, a talented guy, and uh, your left tackle is 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 uh, arguably one of the most vital positions on your team you know they protect the blind side of your quarterback um meaning if your quarterback is right-handed which you know probably over 90 percent of the quarterbacks in the league are, are right-handed so your left tackle is is your prized possession so to have him go down um at this time you know first and foremost uh, uh i pray for you know jonah's uh you know injury to heal quickly i think it was a dislocated kneecap which you know is pretty painful and then is going to sideline him for some time but he's definitely expected to make a full recovery but you don't want to you know, make sure that he's good, but but man, what a huge blow! Um, and yeah, it's going to be it's going to be critical that they they whoever they they put in that position is, um, you know, doing their job because they're protecting Joe Burrow's blind side. And the last thing you need um, is having a defensive end harassing your quarterback from the blind side. And because those type of sacks are, are normally what lead to, to turnovers. You know, the the fumbles. You know, the quarterback's not expecting to get hit. He gets blown up from the backside. Defensive end rakes the football. Now the ball is loose, and um, you're risking a turnover. So a huge blow for the Bengals. And this, this was a problem with them last year, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. their offensive line like gave up the most sacks in the NFL, and they had remedied that until the injuries. Mm-hmm. Now, is Jonah out? I mean, have they made that call yet? No, I, I have not seen any information on that. And I, I actually, Christian, uh, what he just said about dislocated kneecap, I, I wasn't aware of that either. But, Ouch. But um, it, this does lead nicely into the next game I want to talk about, and that's Dolphins-Bills. 34-31, the Bills hold on uh, facing Skylar Thompson, the third-string rookie quarterback. Um, and I think for the Bills, Christian, we forget about the impact that Von Miller had on this team and the fact that he is out because on every uh, – Every, on every third down and fourth down, when Skylar Thompson dropped back to pass, he was never sacked. And the Bills had trouble running the ball on offense, and they had trouble generating a uh, pass rush on defense. 
Yeah. Uh, I saw a few plays. You know, Terrell Basham and, and Jerry Hughes actually came home for a couple of sacks. So may, maybe when I was watching, it was a little bit different. But it, it seemed they were able to apply some pressure with those guys. I think the biggest thing was 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 really, man, Miami really just rallied behind uh, Skylar Thompson. And uh, he, he started the game a little slow and, and struggled a bit. But, man, they they almost won that football game. You know, yesterday or this past weekend was really almost – uh, a story about the backup quarterbacks almost you know, leading their teams to victories um, when when all the, the cards um, were, were not in their favor. But, you know, I think the Bills have some things they need to kind of clean up if they, they really want a, a chance at, you know, going all the way. And um, we, we saw Miami almost expose them there. But, uh, again, a win is a win, and that's ultimately what matters is if you advance, and they advance, and they, they survive another day. And I think the most surprising result of the weekend was Giants beating the Vikings 31-24. Um, uh, yeah, are the Vikings the worst 13-3 and team in right in history? I mean, uh, man, they just uh, they started the game, uh, had like a seven-minute drive. Justin Jefferson is involved. Kirk Cousins is like seven for seven on that on that first drive. They're up seven zero, and then the two players, two most important players for the Giants, and that's Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. They just played lights out. Christian, what what did you think of that game? You know, I said Friday. I thought you know that would be a toss up uh, because again, just like you just mentioned, you know, the Vikings on paper look so so great. Um, for a football team, but then you watch them and they just they just don't play like a 13-win football team. And, and that's kind of what I expected and that's kind of what happened. You know, I, I knew it would be a toss-up and ultimately, you know, Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley did a phenomenal job in that football game. And, of course, uh, Xavier McKinney, uh, former Alabama safety, was the one to uh, have the game-saving uh, tackle uh, to, to basically end the football game on that fourth down. Um, he, he made an, a great tackle uh, to stop them short, and so the the, the Giants prevail. And uh, just I want to tip my hat to Brian Dabble, who also is a former coach here at Alabama, and uh, he's doing a great job up there in New York. They, they they have the talent up there, and they're finally kind of coming together again. This team started started the season hot. Um, they they were one of the last undefeated teams, and then they kind of uh, went on a losing streak. But um, again, it's not you know it's, it's all about how you finish, and, and it seems like they're they're starting to improve and play a lot better um, towards the end of the year, and that's what matters. Did you talk to your dad about that game? Was he pretty happy about it? I bet it? he was. He, he, <laughs> he was fired up. You know, he, it's it's ironic because his last team was the Vikings. He played with them one year, so it's, it's his two teams that he played for <laughs> were playing against each other, but he uh, he pledges all of his allegiance to the Giants. You know, he, he loves the Giants, and he was fired up about that win. I think he posted a little video on social media uh, talking about that, so that that was fun. But yeah, I, I still though look, looking at this playoff picture, guys, uh, I I really feel like the Eagles are pretty much you know a lock in the NFC in my opinion, unless Tom Brady, which man I don't know if we really got to talk about that, but man Tampa Tom stays perfect against the Cowboys. Man, he uh he plays his best when it's needed. Again, just like we talked about earlier, and then that's what matters. So. You, you never can count Tampa Tom, Tom Brady out ever. Never count him out. And we won't tonight, but I think Loris has a, an opinion on that. 
And uh, we will talk about that as we wrap up this edition of Big Noon Sports. And by the way, Christian, nice going on uh, giving the kudos to Xavier McKinney because he just had an outstanding game. Uh, he led his team in tackles and the most noted there at the very, very end. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 100.9 app today. Score! Mornings were made for better things than rheumatoid arthritis or RA. Zeljan's tofacitinib is a pill for adults with moderate to severe RA. When two midnight, the low 58. Tomorrow and Wednesday, cloudy and mild both days with periods of rain, maybe a thunderstorm in spots, highs around 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 67 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Well, a hard-headed woman, a soft-hearted man, been to cause a trouble ever since the world began. Oh, yeah. your daddy wow uh, <laughs> that's a throwback though yeah well uh it's you know what's really cool is it like Lars mentioned at the very top of the show uh you get older but you never lose your passion and uh, that's passion Lars's passion uh over the weekend all really really good stuff we do need to address the Alabama defensive coordinator situation but real quick um Christian who do you like tonight Cowboys at Tampa, getting two and a half. Man, I, I said it. You can't go against Tampa Tom, man. And uh, last time these teams played, you know, the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers routed them, and and it's just one of those things where I think Dallas has a phenomenal defense, um, but I just I don't know for some reason they just I feel like it's just uh, it's in their DNA to just not show up when it when it's time in the playoffs for whatever reason. I don't know. If I don't know what it is, and again, going <laughs> uh, back to Tom Brady's record, he's undefeated against them. Uh, it almost appears like he's Dallas's kryptonite. So, uh, man, I, I think I think I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay uh, staying perfect uh, against, uh, or at least Tom Brady staying perfect against Dallas. Before I give you my take on it, how big of of an advantage is to be playing at home in the playoffs, Christian? I think it's a huge advantage. You know, all your uh, fans are there. You're you're in your home environment, you know, where you're familiar with. And, um, again, this is, you know, the the big game. So the energy and the atmosphere is going to be electric. 
Um, so I think it's a huge deal. You know, then you you um, add on the crowd noise um, that that is going to be working in your favor. Um, I think it's a huge advantage to to have the the home field um, in a playoff game. So Dak Prescott is coming off arguably the worst game of his entire career uh, when he threw uh, – and and Dallas opted not to rest their starters in Week 18 against the Commanders, Washington Commanders. Prescott threw for just 137 yards on 37 attempts and threw a couple horrible picks. Um, And you're right, uh, these two teams met Week 1 and Tampa's defense, they completely shut down Dak, uh, and that's the game he got injured in, and, uh, and Tampa won 19-3. But, you know, Tampa's offense has just been anemic. I know they had a couple big plays, a couple big throws from Brady to uh, Edwards uh, to clinch the division in Week 17 against the Carolina Panthers. But uh, I think uh, Micah Parsons is going to be the most important player on the field tonight. I think he's going to be the best player on the field. And uh, I like I like Dallas. To well, they the got an inside-outside game going for them when they run the football. I mean, cause they need they, to run the ball. And um, Ezekiel will take it from the 20 in. Um, I, I, I like Dallas's running attack. Uh, I like their defense. But I'm like Christian. How are you going to bet against terrific Tom Brady? I can't do it, and and they're at home. So uh, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tonight. We'll see what happens and talk about it tomorrow. Now, is Jeremy Pruitt headed to Tuscaloosa? Let's ask Christian Miller. You know, I, I'm I'm a huge advocate for Jeremy Pruitt. I played for him. Um, I love the, the energy and passion he brings. You know, he's an Alabama guy at heart, uh, loves everything about Alabama. And, uh, you know, I think he would be a great addition. However, I just feel like there might be some hurdles in terms of um, you know, he, he dealt with some violations over at Tennessee. And I, I think, is it possible to, to hire him? Yes. But will it come with some, some obstacles or, or some um, stipulations? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And you have to, you have to look at the fact that um, the athletic department here might not feel comfortable hiring him um, just from um, a standpoint that they, they want to um, do what's right. They don't want uh, to be a reflection of, um, you know who they are in terms of hiring someone who who has dealt with some some shady things over at Tennessee. So I think that's uh, the biggest obstacle um, if you do hire him. But some other names I would say would be you know Glenn Schumann. A lot of people bring him up. He also was here formerly at Alabama uh, as a graduate assistant and, and several other positions. And he was one of those behind the scenes guys um, who was kind of an unsung hero. You know, not many people really knew about him except if you were familiar with the program. Um, then you would know about him and just how creative he is and, and innovative. I know I use that a lot with Pete Golden, but that was kind of Glenn Schumann here just behind the scenes. And he offered a lot of insight um, and a lot of breakdowns um, to the defense while he was here. And we've seen that translate with him being hired over at Georgia as inside linebackers coach. I think the, the issue with him is uh, the lack of experience. You know, his first on-field coaching position um, was just at Georgia several years ago when Kirby brought him there. Uh, as inside linebackers coach, which now he's a co-defensive coordinator there um, working alongside, you know, Kirby and Will Muschamp, who I also would like to throw in there. He could be a potential candidate. He coached with Coach Saban at LSU, um, has a a plethora of experience coaching, um, would probably be a solid recruiter. And then also uh, the coach, was it, is it from Wisconsin, the defensive coordinator? Is it Jim Leonard? What, what's the guy's name? Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard. Jim yeah. Leonard. 
I, you know, typically Coach Saban likes to uh, stick to people he's familiar with and that, that have worked with him. But, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out and gets a guy like that who, from what I've read, has uh, a remarkable background in coaching, uh, led multiple top defenses, and he's also a very young guy. I think the issue with him is a lot of people have him um, having his sights on the NFL. So I guess well, that's something we'll have to keep a watch on. But uh, I think regardless, they're going to do their due process and get the right guy for, for the uh, defensive coordinator position. I have my serious issues uh, with Pruitt with the NCAA, and, and he's not far removed from that. Right. And I just I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Nick's ready to take that on. Now, as a coach, I think you'd want him, and he'd be first top of your list. I'm intrigued with Jim Leonard. The guy can coach. The guy can coach. What a great show! Thanks to all on Big Noon Sports. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest